Disciple Podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of university life and unpack what it means to be a disciple on campus. I'm Sister Mary Helen. And I'm Father Nicholas Pierce. And hello everyone, I'm Archbishop Peter Comensoli. Archbishop, thank you for joining us oh. on our You Disciple podcast. Good to be here. You've, you've been on our, our list of guests um, for the whole year since we started. You have. Um, but we're really glad that you were able to join us for this episode because we're talking about something that's near and dear to all of our hearts. But I know that you have a particular place um, for pilgrimage and the idea of pilgrimage for young people as well. So... Um, yeah, that's what we're talking about today. But before we even get there, we wanted to chat with you a little bit about um, an exciting event that's happened in this last week uh, here in Melbourne, and that's the opening of JP2 House. Uh, you came out uh, on Wednesday and blessed the new student centre uh, right there in the heart of the University of Melbourne and RMIT and open to all students. Um, can you tell us a little bit about um, what your hope for this place of discipleship for students is? Oh, I thought you were first going to ask me, what did I think of it? <laughs> what did you think of it? <laughs> oh, it's a good house. Mm-hmm. So a lovely uh, location, really great location actually. Uh, and I was taken with the, just the beautiful um, freshness of it. So clearly the uh, landlord at some stage did a paint job before we all m- moved in. Uh, just a lovely uh, setting, various rooms. There's a beautiful chapel. Um, uh, and just, I think it was a great setup, and it was a lovely evening last night. Yeah, and it's been open for what uh, a few days just now, and yes. it's been really lovely for us uh, who are working there to see students just walk in and start studying, or walk in and and have some lunch. So it's a real um, home for students uh, from all universities, really, but a place for them to. We know that university life is not always easy um, and we hear that from students, especially students for the last couple of years who have been studying in lockdown, mm-hmm. um, but that they've now got a place where they're, they're going to hopefully encounter a friend. Exactly. That was the m- most amazing thing. You're sitting in the rooms and you're just hearing people laughing or you're hearing people discussing things. You're like, this is great. This is what they've missed over the last couple of years. I, that, I, that's I even <laughs> saw someone working. They're very hard. Yes, They're yes. very studious, these Melbourne Uni people. That's where we differ a little because on Tuesday we were sitting there and there was so much noise. I was yeah. like, what have we created? Um, but no, it's, it's, it's a really wonderful gift to the church here in Melbourne. So um, we're really excited that students are starting to use it and hopefully there's going to be lots of other activities and exciting um, opportunities for people to visit over the, the coming weeks. And so we had a, the big opening and blessing last yeah. night. So Father Nick, tell everyone about that. You don't go don't go into details, but someone who just saw that it said open, open. yeah. So tell us well, it was, it was day one. I think I was there, and maybe one other one other staff member, and we were just sitting there in the quiet of this house, and a student who had just arrived in Australia, um, and had only been in the country four or five hours, was walking down the street, and uh, just came on in, and I just I thought I thought he might have been a student I hadn't met before, so I just said, oh, welcome, welcome, and he's like, no, no, I just arrived in Australia, but because the door was open, mm-hmm. and there was a sign that said, come on in, well, he came on in, so. It's true, there's um, so much foot traffic right past the door, it's just all day, so mm. it's great. And I, I think it's our hope as well that it really encourages students to stay on campus a little longer. One of the big things about university life is that you don't just 
it's not just about classes. And I probably get myself in trouble with a lot of academics about this, but I sometimes think like sitting in a lecture is like the least important thing about being at university. It's about building relationships and 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 meeting new people and learning how to engage with people that you may even disagree with on certain things um, and have those conversations and grow as a human being. And mm-hmm. one of the challenges of us, obviously, lockdown and learning at home, but also that our students are so busy, is that lots of people don't spend a lot of time on campus outside of the classroom. So mm-hmm. we're really hopeful that this space will be a place where students will feel comfortable to maybe stick around, yeah. do some studies, bring their friends, mm-hmm. engage in that broader formation as, as a young person. Mm-hmm. You know, that lovely image in the book of Revelation of Jesus knocking on the door, if you open the door, I'll come in. That's right. And mm-hmm. sit with you and be with you. So, you know, the image of uh, the John Paul II house, I, d- I don't know, is it St. John Paul II house or John Paul II house? I think we're just going JP2. JP2 house, okay. Um uh, that it's open already, and if that remains the case, that's I think a wonderful thing. Yes. You're listening to the You Disciple podcast, where we put the you in disciple. So we're here to talk about pilgrimage and. If anyone knows anything about me, it's that I, I love pilgrimage and I'll always talk about the concept of pilgrimage. But it is something that, especially because we've been in lockdown and we haven't been able to travel and things like that, there's, it might be a little bit new for a lot of young people. So just generally, I suppose, the thing that I always uh, remember about pilgrimage to start with is that Jesus and his disciples were, were on pilgrimage. Like You open the, the Gospels and the rest of the New Testament as well, and they're always going from one place to another. Like the, the whole call of come, follow me was a call to actually go on pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. And so a very important part of their life with the Lord was that they were journeying from place to place together. And that's something that we get a little bit lost sometimes in our own church because we just go to church and go home or we're, we're, we're pretty stable characters. We're not going on journeys. But I think there's something really beautiful about this idea of, of going on a journey that actually speaks to the heart in a way that um, most people really need at a time like now. Yeah. Yeah, it's like life as a pilgrimage. We're, we're moving. We're not stuck. We're, we're on a journey. So, yeah. um, Archbishop, which, where have you been on pilgrimage in the world? Uh, where have I not been on pilgrimage yeah. in the world? <laughs> top, top three. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to do a top three, but oh. Sister Mary Helen doesn't like it when I do top three. Well, at least so. not top one. Three is okay. Um. One place that was not a pilgrimage place but ended up being a pilgrimage was really important to me and that was the Andes oh. in um, particularly the, the Peruvian part of the Andes. Uh, so there's one. Wow. Okay. Top one in my book. Um, Our Lady of Guadalupe Beautiful. in Mexico yes. remains, will always remain, I think, a place of of deep pilgrimage and intent for me. Three, the one that's just come to my head is was part of a World Youth Day, broader World Youth Day pilgrimage, but it was to Taizé in France and the ecumenical uh, community there in Taizé and the pilgrimage of trust that is a part of their actual mission. Mm. So there's, there's three. There's three. That's great. What Sister about Mary? you? Or oh, was it me? 
Yeah, it's you, sister. <laughs> I also love Our Lady of Guadalupe. I think, I don't know, clearly it's a long way for us to get there, but I'm always impressed with the people, the local people who come there on their knees and you know, the, just the effort that other people make. It reminds me, oh, yeah, I'm on pilgrimage. <laughs> so I love Our Lady of Guadalupe. Yeah. I have to say... um. Santiago de Compostela. Of course, you do. I've I've been on the on the I suppose the traditional walking pilgrimage to the tomb of Saint James a number of times, and there's something really um, remarkable about that place for me. And it's yeah, it's a wonderful place. And we know that sort of Christians, but people of all faiths go on pilgrimage. Like for the people of of Islam, the the pilgrimage that their their adult the men make to the Hajj. Um, the people of of the Jewish faith, uh, make pilgrimage to, to Jerusalem. Um, for Christians, it's traditionally been to either the, the holy places where the Lord himself lived in the Holy Land or the burial place of the apostles and the saints. Mm-hmm. So um, there's lots of great places throughout the world or places where Our Lady has appeared or in a particular way are special to Our Lady like um, Guadalupe. So... One of the things, though, that we we saw um, through the work of John Paul II, who we've just been speaking about, um, is that he sort of reimagined pilgrimage a little bit and said, okay, it doesn't have to just be to a specific place. Mm. Um, and we saw as a young priest, he would take the young people of Poland out into the wilderness and he would take them hiking and camping mm-hmm. because he knew that in just being together that they would be able to have an encounter with the Lord and that they would be able to grow in their relationship with each other and they would be able to grow in their faith mm-hmm. and go back to their, their lives, which were pretty horrible, a uh, little energised and ready to go. And, of course, that sort of saw greater fruition when he became the Holy Father and he instituted World Youth Days. Archbishop, how many World Youth Days have you been to? Oh, too many. <laughs> uh, started in... Paris, 1997, gave Rome a skip, <laughs> uh, came after Rome. Toronto. Toronto, I was there. Then... Is that Cologne or is that... Cologne, then Sydney, then uh, Madrid, then Poland. No, no, Rio? Brazil. Rio. Rio. Poland. Uh, uh, where was the Panama. last one? Panama. Panama. I'm forgetting the names of these. So nine. Okay. Wow. So you win. I, I've done five. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I used to think that five was good, sister. No, I've only actually really been to the three. But yeah, yeah, only really the three. Three's good. Three's a good number. Three was great because they were, they were the small ones. Oh so right. I yeah. actually like them. Yeah. You get to know people. Well, small, small and World Youth Day, though... Small is, you know, at least 500,000. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it's not tiny. Yeah. But you can find your way to food and other yeah. essentials. Yeah. I think one of the things about World Youth Day is that it takes the flavour of the culture that it's in. And yeah. it is different in size. But there's a number of things that are always the same at every World Youth Day. And I like to th- think of those things as the things that John Paul II made essential. And I'm like, well, if it was good enough for a saint, then it's good enough for us. Archbishop, what a... What stands out for you from your World Youth experiences as sort of some of those pivotal moments or experiences? Um, can I say first what I understand a pilgrimage is? Yeah. I think that's really important. Um, pilgrimage is not just going wandering around and 
you know, seeing what's in front of you or whatever and, you know, maybe absorbing these. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's, it's a good thing going off wandering and just discovering and so on. But a pilgrimage is always, by definition, got a destination you're aiming for. Now, it may be, a, a, you know, a geographic location, but very much so in terms of, say, World Youth Days, yes, there is a location, but there is the location of the heart, the spiritual destination that's um, at the heart of it as well. So uh, to talk about it going on a pilgrimage is talking on going on this, we've used the word journey, life, uh, but we're heading somewhere. It's not some random thing that you're doing. Mm-hmm. This is, you're heading somewhere. Mm-hmm. There's a beautiful quote from uh, Pope Benedict, which is that it's, um, and he gave it in Compostela, but that, Pilgrimage is not just a journey to a place, but it's uh, a, a journey to Christ. Yep. At the very heart of wherever you're going on pilgrimage, there needs to be this desire to grow deeper, de- deeper with the Lord. Just to throw in a random thought, um, Tolkien and the whole there and back again is also part of it. The stepping out of your door, the dangerous thing to do, step out of your door, go on this journey, but you return back to your life mm. changed. And I think, uh, yeah, sometimes even just reading Tolkien, if I can't actually go on a pilgrimage, <laughs> helps you get through that, that experience. Mm. I speak to school students about this imagery of journey comes up in our modern storytelling. Mm. So, okay, you've got great literature, uh, but you've got things like The Wizard of Oz, mm. Finding Nemo, <laughs> um, a whole variety of different journeys. And I, I often uh, speak to the school students and say, okay, well, what... The, the story of going on a journey isn't a particularly beautiful literary sort of style, but why do we use it? Why do we see it coming up all the time? And it's because we see it's a really wonderful way of talking about the development of character and the change in the person. And like if you look at The Wizard of Oz, now mm-hmm. half of our university students probably haven't ever seen The Wizard of Oz, but <laughs> if, 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 if you look at it, it's Next movie it, <laughs> you look at each of those characters and... They, you see the development of the person as they go along. And when they get to the end, it, it's actually not about getting to the end. It's about what's happened to them along the way yes. um, and the experiences that they've had and the relationships that they've built and the growth that has come through the very process of going going along the yellow brick road. So, <laughs> Archbishop, I'm going to circle back to the question that you, okay. you, you didn't answer. Two favourites. Yep. Three. Um, the first is always going to be special, so... Uh, my experience of going to Paris, this was in 1997. Can I tell you a little bit about it? Why it was special? Um, uh, So that's a long time ago. You know, half the people listening to the (laughs) podcast weren't even alive. Weren't even alive, yeah. Um, I was raising money for you all going on. Yes, there we go. (laughs) Um, uh, But it was the first time that a diocesan group of pilgrims went from Australia to a World Youth Day. Um, and so this was a little group from uh, Wollongong Diocese where I was a priest. I was a young priest in those days, and um, I didn't know what I was going to. I had heard about this thing that John Paul had established, and there was a few places where it had already happened, um, but there wasn't any of the consciousness of it that there, there is today. And um, and we just went. <laughs> We, we break every single rule <laughs> that's, that's possible. You know, no um, 
uh, risk assessment, <laughs> <laughs> medical, thing, all that was just wasn't there. Um, uh, but you know, the it was life changing for all of us who went. Uh, for me personally, you've, you know, I can't talk for the others in how that happened. For me personally, was uh, my first experience of seeing a mass of priests together. Um, uh, you know, I was Champ de Lisay was the location for the um, for the opening mass, and uh, a procession of priests after priests after priests, and this is coming from a diocese where I'd been ordained by myself and there was you know one or two other young'uns and you never see never see never saw that um, it was a powerful experience for me yeah I think that's true for Australians going to Odite in general just mm. to be there I remember being in Toronto and just thinking wow look at all these young Catholic normal people and my favorite part of Odite was just standing on the corner yelling at every different group that would come <laughs> past yes, it was just fun I think one of my favorite parts of World Youth Day is that it almost always is an organizational disaster. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Yet through the mess, amazing things happen. And so I went to World Youth Day for the first time to the one you went at in, in Rome as a 16-year-old. And I, I still remember this day. One of the, the things that stick to me from, from that entire experience was that we were trying to get on these trains to go to our catechesis venue. <laughs> And it was Rome, it was summer, it was hot, and the Italians had all gone to the beach. Mm. And so there was not enough trains, and the ones that were coming through, every train just came through and was completely full. Mm. Yet we sat on a train station platform, and our small group leader gave us the catechesis that we were supposed to have received sort of where we were going. And it was just, I still remember watching this guy who I'd only really just met but stand there and talk about Jesus on a train station platform and it was the most amazing thing. And it wouldn't have happened if it was not an organisational nightmare. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and it's the same. I, and this happens on all types of pilgrimage but in particular at World Youth Day. Now, this is probably not a good story to tell <laughs> if we're trying to get people to go but you end up tired and smelly and sleep-deprived and you're eating really bad food. Um, but I read this great quote, um, Scott Hahn put this great quote up once about the fact that on pilgrimage, your body is so tired that God speaks to the soul. Mm. And I think that really does happen. You're pushed and stretched and you're challenged in ways that don't normally happen in day-to-day life. Mm. And it allows you to then be open to what God might be saying to you. And I think there's we'd all know lots of stories about people who have have met their spouse or who have discerned a vocation or who have really found a, a deep conversion and change of heart in their lives by being on pilgrimage to World Youth Day. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Archbishop, the next World Youth Day is in Portugal and you've set a few targets for the Archdiocese <laughs> of Melbourne... <laughs> It's a movable feast. Um, do you dare tell us how many young people from our archdiocese you would like to take with with you? And I suppose this is it. You, it's, it's a personal invitation. You're going to Portugal, okay. I imagine. I'm going to Portugal. How many would I'm you going like? To Lisbon. How many would like to join you at World Youth Day? Oh, about a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, <laughs> Father Nicholas. You've got your work cut out for you. 
That'd be, that'd be lovely, wouldn't it? It'd be great fun. It's um, we, we may <laughs> He's not. He's dying. We may not quite get to that number, but that's okay. Um, let's let's at least aim for five hundred. Five hundred. At least. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now think of it. You know, all of the young people that live in young Catholics that live in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, whether they're they're big into their faith or whether they're not big into their faith at this mo- moment, mm. that's okay. Um, whether they're uh, kind of young professional Catholics in teaching in our schools or uh, or um, got some job at university. Some of you lot get jobs in university. <laughs> Who gives you those jobs? Um, uh, whatever. Uh, you, you might be involved in a youth group. You might be uh, not involved in a youth group. You, your parish, you go, to, uh, you go there once or twice a year. It's all okay. So that's for everyone. Mm-hmm. Is there anything uh, in particular at the moment? Like we have just come out of a period of lockdown. People haven't travelled for a while. Like is there – you, you've got your finger on the pulse of sort of society and young people and what's going on in the world. Is there anything in particular that you think that a young person today could get out of World Youth Day that perhaps wasn't um, even something we would have thought about four years ago at the last World Youth Day? Being together again. Yeah. Uh, but being together with Jesus and learning to be able to live that. I think that is something that would not have been the case if this World Youth Day had happened in the last couple of years when it was supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the way that we might make a journey now, the way we might go on pilgrimage, I think, is will be different. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll be, we'll, we'll get to Lisbon and there'll be all these sort of COVID things that you'll have to do <laughs> and whatever. It'll be part of the mess of it all. Um, can you imagine, you know, 200,000 young people all having to try and wear masks? That'll be interesting. <laughs> um, see how long that lasts. <laughs> how much hand sanitizer <laughs> no, does no, a few really. hundred thousand, thousand young people, people need? <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, it won't be bottles of water they'll be throwing yeah. out. <laughs> bottles of hand sanitizer. Yeah. <laughs> but I it's going to be different. Uh, but it'll, each one has been different. And each journey is different. That's great. Yeah, I remember um, I wasn't able to get to ACYF in Perth, but uh, the sisters went and they said, ooh, Melbourne has awoken. You know, like there's this great, it was a great experience, probably in the memory of some of the young people who might be considering coming to World Youth Day. And uh, I think, how many did you take there? A thousand. Yeah, at least. I think it was slightly over a thousand. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. And I think... So if we can go as far as Perth, yeah. surely we can get so yeah. <laughs> Portugal is not that much further. I think one thing I would say um, is like really pray about it. Like is God asking you to go? And remember that God might ask you in, in a strange way. So public confessions for the podcast is that, so when I went as a 16-year-old to World Youth Day, my school advertised uh, that they were looking for people to go and the only reason I put in an application was because my sister, who's 14 months older than I, had just got back from a French exchange study program in Paris. And I thought to myself, well, if my parents paid for her to go to France in year 11, they can, pay for, they, they can pay for me to go to Rome. <laughs> now, I obviously found enough other things to write on my application form and I got selected by my school. Sorry, Tony O'Byrne and Michael Harrison for lying to you. <laughs> all those days, all those years back then, um, but 
I don't think your motives have to be entirely pure. Okay, you've got to want to go and, okay, you know, it's not just a free trip, but also go allowing God to do something in your life while you're away. Uh, go with a little sense of, I'm not quite sure what this is about, but I'm willing to step out, step out of the boat and sort of trust that God might be saying something to me at the moment. So if you are going into year 11 next year and have stumbled across our podcast, um, there's my piece of advice. Lie, lie on the application form. No. <laughs> <laughs> and who doesn't want to go to Europe? I mean, really. Yes, it's not a hard sell. Yes, yes. <laughs> now, this podcast is being released before the official launch, uh, which is coming up this Thursday. But I think we can probably uh, start to leak out some of the information. Uh, <laughs> There's, uh, there's going to be a number of trips going from the Archdiocese. One is going to be going through the Holy Land, uh, so really wow. visiting those places um, significant in the life of our Lord. And the other is going to go through through Italy, so to the heart of the church, uh, to the Vatican, and then some of those key sites uh, in Italy that um, have borne great saints in the life of the church and great people that we can look at as models of discipleship and as 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 heroes of our faith. So... And then there'll be the, the Direct World Youth Day pilgrimage. And then we're all going to come together as a diocese, hopefully, if we can get all 1,000 of us together. <laughs> um, on Didn't I say 1,500? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there was a 500 number in there somewhere. Oh, he's just added them together. <laughs> <laughs> Let's stop this podcast now because by, by, by the end, we're going to be at 3,000. Um, but hopefully... You said it. We need to go... Qantas, everyone, uh, Father Nick Pierce has just <laughs> put out a bid for 3,000 going to World Youth Day um, from Melbourne. Uh, I'm going to lose my job very quickly, I think. Um, we're, we're all going to come together in Fatima, which is a beautiful place of uh, prayer uh, for the church. Uh, and it will be a wonderful way to finish off our pilgrimage. So we will sort of all converge on World Youth Day and then spend that week together and then finish off together with the Archbishop and and all of our priests and leaders and support staff in Fatima uh, on pilgrimage. Archbishop, just any any final words of invitation, of inspiration, um, as long as I don't include a number, uh, to the young <laughs> people of Melbourne about World Youth Day? Uh, join with us. Come, come along. Uh, give it a go. Uh, you just don't know. Um, well, there's a phrase. There you go. It works. Give it a go. You just don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, the Lord will do something in you. Jesus will come, I can promise that. Mm. And uh, it, it might happen on the first day, it might happen on the last day, somewhere in between. Uh, it'll happen. So be there so it can happen. Whether you've been listening to us on the tram, in the library, or on your way to class, thanks for listening to this week's You Disciple podcast. Share, like, and subscribe, and we hope to see you on and around campus. The Your Disciple Podcast is a production of the Catholic Archdiocese of Melbourne.